Well, dang, for about three days, the spread was sitting uh, right at Texas minus seven. And then about 30 minutes ago, boom, it balloons up to Texas minus nine and a half as uh, reports are out that Quinn Ewers is not only going to play Saturday for Texas, he is going to start Saturday for Texas. So just that news alone balloons the lineup almost a field goal. Am I uh mm, tastes like rat poison to me? It does. Tyler. It, like, what am I what am I missing here? Like do I think Quinn Ewers is the better player than Hudson Card? Yeah, I yes, I, I think that Hudson or, Quinn Ewers ceiling is definitely higher than Hudson Card, but it's not like Quinn Ewers has like this long proven track record of playing this game at a high level collegiately. I, and I went back and looked at the Alabama game and he was 9 to 12 for 134 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and I do remember a, a really nice throw that he had to Worthy in the end zone that was dropped. That's probably a touchdown. It's just, I, I don't. I, I guess my thoughts on this game don't change dramatically now that Quinn Ewers is the starting quarterback. Am I crazy? For well, that? am I off? It's a very, very valid question posed on the text line just now by a listener from the 918. Who didn't think he would start? I mean, we were basically told last week that hey, he's like he's gonna really try and play and start next week. Like, this isn't a surprise. No, no, and I, I'm with you, Tyler. I fail to see how this changes a whole heck of a lot as far as the narrative of this football game. Uh, but hey, I guess this uh, is might compel a few more people to go lay some money on Oklahoma. I guess, especially I mean, with the knowledge that. There are some signs that are pointing towards Dylan Gabriel playing. Really? Are you talking about internet video signs? Are you talking not, about this team practicing yeah, indoors? I'm not just like, talking about those things. But yes, huh. if that's uh, if those are all you pay attention to, even the most surface level follower of Sooner football can kind of get the sense that there's a very real chance that eight is under center on yeah. Saturday. Well, I mean, it is interesting to think about now. You know, we don't know for sure, right, that he got a concussion on Saturday. We do not. Now, it it, it kind of looked like that's probably what happened with that dirty hit that was that that took place on that play, but we don't know for sure that he actually got a concussion on that play. So, if you're looking to hold on to some sort of hope, I mean, there's that and then yeah, that video emerges last night which threw people in a frenzy. Uh, yeah, I my thoughts between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card don't really change all that dramatically, like my thoughts on this game. But my thoughts between Dylan Gabriel and Davis Bevel, I don't think I'm alone on this one, Parker. Yeah, my thoughts change pretty dramatically on OU's chances if their starting quarterback is able to play in this game. Uh, it, it changes, and why I don't feel all that different from Card to Ewers is, like, I don't think the offensive game plan shifts all that much. Like, one guy isn't super, like, way more athletic than the other. I don't think you have to worry about the QB run game more with Ewers there. It's going to be the same offensive game plan. Deep shots down the field, uh, wide receiver bubbles to get their guys in space, hand to B. John Robinson. But on the flip side, OU's offensive attack changes dramatically if Dylan Gabriel is able to play. <laughs> well, it's night and day. Their, their, their offensive attack exists if Dylan Gabriel is able to play. That's Yeah, well, yeah, that's a, probably a better way of saying it. But hey, text line, if you disagree, 405-651-3439, your thoughts on this game change at all now that Quinn Ewers is apparently going to start? Right, wouldn't it be great if we just saw the Dylan Gabriel Renaissance Fair on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, yes, it would be amazing. And absolutely bombs away and torches Texas. That's uh, 
I hope for his sake that's what happens because it has been one heck of a few weeks for Dylan Gabriel because despite relatively stable play, he was getting maligned very early on by these fans, obviously didn't start the game great against TCU, and then, well, he gets knocked out and is lying prostrate on the turf at Amon G. Carter Stadium, and all of a sudden there's a question in everybody's mind as to whether Oklahoma's offense is going to be the same for the remainder of the year without their starting quarterback. With everything that Dylan Gabriel has been through, as far as the narrative, as far as the noise, as far as the injury over the last couple of weeks, for his sake, you would love nothing more than to see him come out and play the game of his life. Well, and Bowl. it's the one thing that I think can really turn everyone's um, minds around or opinions around and what the rest of the season's going to look like. Because what you think about the second half of the season, this is the midway point on Saturday. Yep. What you think about the second half is going to dramatically hinge on if OU wins the game and what the overall product look like, looks like on Saturday. You win on Saturday, and under your scenario, Dylan Gabriel plays and plays really well. It's, oh, well, I mean, it's still Kansas. I think we beat Kansas at home, and then you get Iowa State, you get that bye, and then, who? I mean, you know, get that defense time to get better. Who, who knows? Who knows what type of run that you could go on here in the second half? But if you lose and play poorly, it's, oh, my God, they're going to go 3-9 and nine and not even sniff a bowl game this year. Answer so. this question, Tyler, from the text line. A listener in the 918 asks, how do I get myself to believe I just can't get there? Okay, if you're struggling from the OU side of things, like believing that this team has enough to pull a win on Saturday, that's cool. I, I, I still got you here. Do you realize that Texas has lost seven of its last nine Big 12 games? Does anyone realize that? Like, OU hasn't been great here recently. OU's lost four out of its last five. Texas, seven out of its last okay, nine, Okay, well, Parker. and, like, this is, this is one of the things that I meant to hit earlier with Steely and didn't. But it's like, okay, let's say Oklahoma is a bad football team. Let's just say, for the sake of the argument, OU is a truly bad football team. Why is it that every other bad football team in the Big 12 is capable of beating Texas on any given week except Oklahoma? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's where your confidence, like your belief should come from is, look who you're playing here. Not only are you playing Texas, but you're playing Texas in a spot that they haven't been in in this game in over a decade. In over a decade. Like, all the pressure is clearly on their side. I think the head coach realizes the massive importance that he wins this game on Saturday. Like, this is not a program that has shown a lot of resolve in the past as is, and they sh- Damn sure hasn't shown a whole lot of resolve when all the pressure's been on their sideline. So if you don't want to believe in OU, that's fine. But just realize who you're playing against here is is what I would tell you. Because I, I, th- this is a program. Like, how many times this year have you watched Texas and said, wow, that's a really good team? We all know about the moral victory against Alabama, but the point is, is like they haven't shown stretches, like long stretches of play where – you're saying to yourself, dang, Texas is a pretty good football team. That hasn't happened this year. Peyton on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, I can tell it's a Thursday because I've talked myself into There you go. I was, that's not what, that was not necessarily my objective, but I'll definitely take it. Another listener says, Ewers is Bradford injury 2.0. Yeah, who's Brent Venables going to send on the corner blitz to pile drive Quinn Ewers' injured shoulder into the ground? Could happen. Who we who we deploy? And uh, maybe OU fans will cheer just like Texas fans cheered when that injury happened. No, don't try to deny it, Texas fans. I was in the Cotton Bowl that day. Texas fans were cheering very loudly because everyone in the stadium knew 
that was the last time we're going to see Sam Bradford in an OU uniform. Yeah. And Texas still barely hung on that day. It was, what, 16-13? 16-13. And, and that's the point, is that's the last time that they came into that game with, like, all the pressure, like, oh, like, you've got OU. And you're a Brian Jackson uh he got tackled by Colt McCoy on the play. I mean, he if he breaks that tackle, OU goes the distance and might end up winning the football game. It was really, really close that day, and Landry Jones had to go in as a freshman to play. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not chalking this up to a 35 point win for Texas. I don't think that they're that type of team that's just going to go in and romp OU and it's not going to be an issue. Brian in Tulsa says, "I'll be another one that says it's back to winning ball this Saturday." OU 31, Texas 20, Boomer. Brian in Tulsa's buying. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, <laughs> this listener says sick canic on Ewers. Hey, there yeah. you go. There's your guy. Well, you know, we've had about five texts on Quinn Ewers right now, and I don't think anyone's actually spelled his last name correctly, but who cares, right? Yeah, who, who, I mean, who, who cares about that? Uh, we are going to win, says this listener in the 918. Because the boss is on our sideline and some B-movie actor is on mm, theirs. Yes, I love the shot at the uh, Minister of Culture, Matthew McConaughey. Boz was not coming to this game, Parker. And if OU was undefeated, I don't think Boz would be there on Saturday. Boz is, is coming solely to show his support for Brent Venables in the program. That's why Boz is coming. Rally behind cool. Boz. There you go. Somebody said, I saw Sam Bradford last night at the Drew Holcomb concert. Real? That's random. That is random. Sam Bradford, uh, yeah, actually, I take that back. He does kind of strike me as a Drew Holcomb type of guy. Yeah. I can see him getting down for that. Do you like my button that I'm wearing for the show today? Oh, I can't by the way? see it. You, you see it now? No, it's Wait, the, the uh, computer here, monitor let me, let me, that sits. Let me sits. stand up okay. here. Yeah. You see, you see that? There you go. It, In Brent, we trust. Welcome, welcome home. home. Well, one of our, uh, we're, we're talking about the buttons that we're giving away tomorrow at the uh, Omni in uh, downtown Dallas tomorrow, and one of our awesome ref listeners heard the conversation, and she came by and Brought me a uh, button of her own to show support. So I told her that I'd hold uh, one of our ref buttons back for her. So it was very, very nice of her to come by today and uh, and deliver that. I told her I'd wear it during the show today, and I'm a man of my word. We have conflicting reports on the Air Comfort Solutions Uh-oh. text line. Uh, <laughs> one listener says, we're hanging 50 on him, Boomer. Another says, no way in hell do we win this game in a shootout. The QB really doesn't matter. O-line and running backs will win this game. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, OU's going to have to have, have to have a the the threat of running the football to win this game. And not only are you going to have to run the ball, maybe as well as you have all year long, but you're going to have to find a way to bottle up Bijan Robinson. Yeah. You you can't. The moment that he starts to get loose, that's when I think their wide receivers start to get loose down the field. I mean, that is, that's going to be problematic if Bijan has a big day. Well, and that should be priority A1 for Brent Venables in this defense. And I'm sure it will be. I'm sure they don't need to hear me say that. But priority A1 has to be making sure Bijan Robinson doesn't beat you. If you can make Mullet Humpty Dumpty throw the ball 50 times, yes. then maybe there's a path to victory. And, and hey, it's been a while since he's played a game. Like I, I know that that's not going to be a worry in, you know, in Austin or nationally. There's just this thought that Quinn Ewers is going to roll in and this Texas offense is going to be awesome. And maybe it is, Parker. I mean, this OU defense hasn't been great recently. But again, we're talking about a guy that hasn't played a whole lot of college football and is coming off an injury where he's been out what three, four weeks now. Like I, I think that that's a factor. I definitely think that's a factor in this game. 
Somebody says, calling it now, Javante Barnes, 100 rushing, 100 receiving. Whoa. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the coming out party? Uh, yeah, he better be taking a swing pass about 75 yards on one of those plays to, if he's getting like there. like Adrian Peterson 2004 vibes. That would be uh, quite the introduction, the national introduction for Javante Barnes. Victoria says, packing for Dallas and changing up my clothes and not wearing anything I wore during the last two games. Smart. So this should bring them all the luck we need. Well, hey, if you need clothes for OU Texas, uh, I gotcha. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. tomorrow, we're going to be at the Omni, uh, Omni Hotel in downtown Dallas. And we got new ref shirts to give away. Red ref shirts, Parker, so you can wear them to the football game. Don't mess with the Ref Army t-shirts. We'll be available for free tomorrow at the uh, at That's the awesome. You like that? Oh, that's awesome. I was worried about that t-shirt design because, obviously, don't mess with Texas. Yeah, huh? But don't mess with the Ref Army is definitely true. Someone found that out the hard way a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Somebody. Somebody sure did. I, I was just hoping that wasn't a bad t-shirt idea because it's too close to, you know, don't mess with Texas. No, I'm with you. Love it. Uh, this listener says, why wouldn't Micah Bowens be in the potential three-quarterback rotation? Didn't he impress the coaches in the spring game? Uh, I think the fans were a lot more impressed with Micah Bowens in the spring game than the coaches were throughout the entirety of spring practice. Here's what happened. Jaden Gibson beat a walk-on deep in the spring game, and Micah Bowens threw it in Jaden Gibson's general vicinity. Yeah, That's what happened. So Micah Bowens is sixth on the depth chart for a reason. I understand that there are a lot of folks that would like to see him get a shot. I'm just telling you. That's not happening anytime soon. I, yeah. I Probably mean, ever. I, I agree. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Heck, maybe instead of uh, sitting here talking about who the backup quarterbacks or who's the starting quarterback's going to be, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's going to be Dylan Gabriel. Are, you're more hopeful today or more confident in that today than you have been all week. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, and even earlier this week, I, I think somebody asked Monday, who would you put money on starting for OU? And I said, well, if you're asking me to put money down, Dylan Gabriel, and that has to be your hope right now if you're an OU fan, because oh boy, yeah, it's not gonna be uh, not gonna be a fun afternoon. Uh, you will be hosting some recruits on Saturday, and apparently, uh, judging by social media, a top 40 player in the 2023 class is going to be in attendance. We'll tell you who that's going to be and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on the Ref. We're the Homeless Center fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. In case you heard, it's OU Texas week. What are we doing this week? Well, just like every week, we're talking OU football. We're talking college football. No NBA here. No meaningless NBA exhibition talk during the middle of college football season. No, it's football season, so that's what we do here. We talk OU football. We talk college football. OU Texas on tap for Saturday. Spread has moved from Texas minus seven to Texas minus nine and a half in the past hour because Quinn Ewers is uh, apparently going to play and he's going to start. And Parker, 
Uh, cross Japan off the list. We've got a listener in Tokyo, Japan Oh, hello. Today. Yeah, judging by the map, pretty cool. Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Vandevort, Arkansas, if I'm saying that right. Okay, have no we'll, idea. we'll go with it. Long Valley, New Jersey. Wichita, Kansas. And our Oklahoma small town of the day, Okeene. Okeene, Oklahoma, home of the Whippets. Spell that. O-K-E-E-N-E. Okeene. Okeene, Oklahoma. Shout out to uh, Patrick Pinner out there. He uh, coaches girls basketball out there. He was my high school boys uh, basketball okay, coach. Okay, so you back know exactly where Okeen is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Where, where is it? It's like uh, just west of Hennessy, if that. Okay. Maybe like 30, okay. 45 minutes or Tracking. so. Yeah, shout out to Okeen today. But the, the west side of the state, the small towns on the west side of the state, they love us here hey, on the ref. You know? Hey, we love them too. And they don't, uh, they don't want NBA talk during the middle of college football season, Parker. It's not that hard. They don't want NBA talk. For, For some, football. it is that hard. Yeah, it really is. All right, uh, teased it before the break. JV and Toviano, I, I guess, tweeted out today that he's going to be at the game on Saturday. Uh, number 37 player nationally, according to 24-7 Sports. Four-star corner out of Arlington, Texas. Are you getting excited about the possibility of this at all, or like where where are you at here? I got a couple texts out. We'll see how much this means, but I I, I will say this: the ostensible leader for JV and Toviano's commitment for quite some time has been LSU, and uh, he's fonged to LSU right now. Yeah, that, not a lot of folks real happy with LSU. Right now on the recruiting trail. Why? Uh, Ryan Yates falls into that same category as well. It's just uh, the best way I can sum it up is Brian Kelly's weirding him out. Yes. Seriously. No, that's that's a good way of putting it. It's just (laughs) the culture down there that Kelly has established is purportedly not that fantastic. So that's something to watch. Also worth watching because JV and Toviano is former childhood teammates and very, very close with one Robert Spears Jennings as well. So, connection. So, like, you're you're given – is this one of those things I, where, like, I'll check in after the weekend. Like, I don't – like, I don't yes, – nothing. I, we'll check back in after the weekend and see if anything, like, dramatically changes here. I am not buying yet that OU is suddenly back in the mix for JV and Toviano. They were for quite some time. Uh, then the two parties kind of went their separate ways this spring, and there hasn't been a whole lot of contact since, to my understanding. But one thing that we have discussed quite often over the last few weeks, Tyler, is that Oklahoma and Brandon Hall have been in contact with a lot more safeties lately because Peyton Bowen and Ryan Yates are still dragging their feet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it wouldn't be getting David Hicks in any way, but it would be a nice – feel-good situation if you were to get a top 40 player that you didn't expect to be in on on this point if oh you can find find some ways to make up some ground he's got a crystal ball in for LSU and I think another crystal ball in for Texas yeah uh, six foot 185 corner out of Arlington Texas four star uh, it, for the 2023 class again he he says on Twitter that he's going to be there on Saturday so that's got to be your biggest visitor for 23 right it's got to be that's going to be there on Saturday anyway yeah I would think so and I was thinking I had it in my head that JV and Toviano was a safety and not a corner. He he I, was just listed as a corner on twenty four seven. So maybe they think he's going to play safety for them. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Well, OU's certainly not in position to take another cornerback, but I feel like there's also a possibility that JV and Toviano is a guy you just make room for if he wants to come, yeah. and then slide Macari Vickers over to safety because he can play that position, no doubt. Uh, breaking news in college football: Max Johnson 
Texas A&M quarterback, he's got a broken bone in his throwing hand. He might be done for the rest of the season. What does that oh, mean? Oh, Connor Wegman season. That's what it means. He he could see some time on Saturday against Alabama, the former five-star. Yes, Haynes King is going to start at Alabama, but you're exactly right. Yes, the former five-star is going to beat the backup quarterback. So, I again, my thoughts don't change all that much, the really, whatsoever. Now. Yeah, I mean, what uh, at what point are they just going to see if it see if it works? Yeah, the Haynes King experiment has failed. Let's call a spade a spade here. The Haynes King experiment has failed, and you cannot hope to beat Alabama tomorrow with Haynes King at quarterback. You cannot hope to beat the likes of Ole Miss and Florida, and I don't, I can't even bring to mind who else they have on their schedule down the stretch. But those are not the types of teams that you can beat with Haynes King at quarterback. No, they, and I don't know if they could have beaten him with Max Johnson at quarterback, but certainly, certainly Haynes King, man. And look, I, I, I I'm gonna ask the question that I already know the answer to. Okay. But A and M is on the verge of having a really, really, really bad season, and some hard conversations of Jimbo Fisher might start to really get kicked into high gear if they get embarrassed by Alabama. But we just don't question A and M's recruiting class if this season does indeed fall apart. I'm gonna ask why we do that when clearly I know what the answer of the why is. But why don't we talk more about, oh, could A&M's recruiting class completely fall apart if they fall apart on the field here down the stretch? Because that's definitely in the cards for those guys. Oh, yeah. And again, we all know the answer. We all, And it's a very simple answer, but we all know the reason why things aren't going to fall apart for A&M in terms of their recruiting class. The question does become, and I'm not I'm not convinced we're nearly as close to it as anybody has speculated, but the question does become, okay, when do you start having a conversation about what Jimbo Fisher has done, or rather hasn't done, with all of this talent that he's recruited? Same record as um, Kevin Sumlin as it sits today. Yeah. Same again, exact record. Again, I am not convinced that we are remotely as close to that point as some in the media would have you believe, but... There's gonna t- there's gonna come a point in time at which that conversation is gonna have to be had. Sure. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. How often does other programs send future recruits slash commits to visit other universities to try and recruit other prospects or gather intel on how other teams' NIL programs are operating and then trying to uh, top those offers? Basically uh, sending in a spy. How often do other teams I, send look, in spies? Look, it happens. It happens. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't happen. Uh, is that something that's going to happen this weekend for Oklahoma? I'm not convinced because looking through this visitor list, I'll just hit some of the key names, guys that have legitimate interest in Texas and might be going essentially as double agents, like this listener is talking about. Ooh. Uh, I, well, and that's the thing. I, I assume this listener is talking specifically about Texas, but they could just as easily be talking about A&M, et cetera. But JV and Toviano obviously has heavy interest in Texas. Um, that's real. Like That's about it, man. Like Peyton Pierce has a Texas offer. He's taken a couple Texas visits. That kid's going to be a Sooner. Uh, Xavier Philsheim, Brian Jackson, those two from McKinney, they have Texas interest, but I don't think they're anywhere close to making a decision yet. Yeah, no, I just, 
I don't really worry about that with this group of visitors. Yeah. Uh, text line says, O'Keen is where they hold the rattlesnake roundup. I think you boys should go. Yeah, we'll see, uh, we'll see uh, Mike Gundy out there at the rattlesnake roundup. He's a, he's a big rattlesnake guy. By the way, you know, the, uh, the field crew over there at, uh, at OU, they like to uh, listen to the show. Uh, are they already, like... Are, are they already in Dallas? Have they already been in Dallas? Like, are, are they in, are they in control of the OU end zone at the Cotton Bowl? I've always, I've always wondered that. Or are they con- in control of the whole field? Well, because they are the home team. Yeah, yeah, it's OU's host year. So, huh? Jason Fairs, let us know. Yeah, let us know if you guys are listening right now inside the Cotton Bowl, uh, mowing that thing and getting ready to go because. They only have like two events, three events all year long at the Cotton Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up and the grass was like uh, two feet high because nobody's mowed it since like <laughs> last October or anything. Uh, and you can tell, like that's one of those things. You show up to the Cotton Bowl, you can tell this place doesn't host a whole lot of events. No, toilet roulette is a real thing at the Cotton Bowl. Is this one going to flush or not? It's always uh, the roulette. It's always the game that you play. And the concessions there, oh my God! I have, uh, I, I know OU's got some complaints in the past, but nothing is remotely close to what I saw last year at the game at OU Texas. Which is, well, not only are there very few concession options available, um, they're they're incredibly slow. I, I mean, there's no way that 20 minutes and college half times are really really long. Yeah, but it, they are not long enough to stand in line and get a water to get yourself ready for the second half. I, I'm telling you, man, like if it's not any better than what it was last year, it is it is a circus on the concourse of people trying to get like food or water or something before the third quarter starts. It's a circus. It, it's it was a circus bad, everywhere. Man. It's just part of the experience. But it's our mess, right? No one, mess. no one else can make fun of our mess. Only we can make fun of our mess because we still, for some reason, love that place so much. For some yeah. reason, man, it's just it's quintessential. It's just it's it's OU Texas. The Cotton Bowl is OU Texas. If they ever move it, we will deploy the K Ref Army to the fullest extent. Yeah. We will wage war. Uh, text line: What's the position group going into this game? You're the most confident in. Text line: What's the position <laughs> group you're m- at least confident in heading into this game? Yeah, honestly, there are a lot more answers, a lot more viable answers to the question: Which position group are you least confident yeah, in? Because well. It's real tough to be confident about any particular position group right now. I, I'll say this. The offensive line hasn't been bad, man. Like, they've actually played pretty well to this point. Nobody's talking about it because, oh, you got slaughtered last week and is on. they're on a two-game losing streak, and so it is what it is. But it uh, doesn't seem like Wanya Morris is going to play this weekend. Yeah. How much of an impact does that have? Regardless... You're going to need to win the battle in the trenches against Texas on both sides because that is the one thing that Texas does not – like that is not a strength for them is offensive line play. So this is a get-right game for Oklahoma as far as the defensive front as well. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll roll through your text and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. So we do have confirmation now. Uh, OU, they don't do any of the Cotton Bowl field work. 
None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Okay. But that doesn't stop from, uh, oh, you having the better-looking end zone in the game, right? Can you get down with that? Well, I mean, the other end zone is burnt orange, so the bar's on the floor. (laughs) Exactly. Will they ever tear down and rebuild the Cotton Bowl? No. No, there's there's not enough happening there these days to warrant the expense of tearing down and rebuilding the Cotton Bowl. That's the thing. Like, OU Texas is what keeps the Cotton Bowl around, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, they had a hockey game there, the Winter Classic. Is that what they call it now? Yeah. That one NHL game. The Stars played the Preds, I think, two or three years ago, something like that. But I think, is the first responder bowl still there? They still oh, have that gosh, low-level bowl know. game there. Did the Cheez-It Bowl used to be there, too? Uh, the Heart of Dallas Bowl okay. definitely used to be okay. there. Okay. The Cotton Bowl's not even there anymore. So. No, it is not. Yeah, with that OU Texas, not much going on there. I feel best about running back, says the text line. Even though Bijan is the best back on the field, OU has more depth at the position feel worse about secondary for obvious reasons. You, you think OU has more depth? I, I don't know. Like Everyone talks about Bijan, and rightfully so, but Texas's number two back has been in the program, Parker, for like, what, five, six years now, it feels like. Um, I, I think Texas has more depth at the position than, than you realize. Yeah. <laughs> they, ha- I, I, they have a better backup quarterback situation than Oklahoma does. No, I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about running that? back. Oh, at, running back, running, running back, back, running back. Yes. Okay, okay, got you. Um, at running back, yeah, obviously Texas has the one-two punch of Bijan Robinson and Rashawn Johnson. That's a pretty dynamic and, one-two. And punch. no one get like I don't. I'm not telling you Rashawn Johnson's like the best back in the Big Twelve, but he's he's pretty good player. Yeah, he is a good player. He is a good player. Was it was it 2019 or 2020 where he had a couple huge runs against Oklahoma? Uh, it must have been 2020 because Tom Herman wasn't playing B. John Robinson all that much in 2020. It must have been him. Okay. Okay, but yeah, Rashawn Johnson is a guy that has burned Oklahoma a couple times in years past. And obviously, B. John Robinson's one of the top five running backs in the entire country. Oklahoma is going to have to run the ball effectively. That's just a, a given in any game like this. And we're not... on the statuses of Eric Gray or Marcus Major. That was something Brent Brent Venables completely declined to address on Tuesday. I, from what I know, Major is trending towards playing, and Gray practiced earlier this week as well. So there's a a very good chance you have all three of your lead backs uh, available in Gray, Major, and Javante Barnes. I think it's going to be one of those deals, Tyler, where you got to figure out who has the hot hand early, and you just got to ride them, man. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be committed to just one individual player if things aren't going well. Now, Eric Gray's going to get the first carry of the game for OU, and rightfully so. He looks like the best player that you have at that position, but if you throw in Marcus Major and it looks like he's bringing some juice to the offense, keep going to Marcus Major, man. I mean, I I think that that's how you – like, if Dylan Gabriel is not playing, and heck, if Dylan Gabriel plays, offense could be hard to come by on Saturday. So if you've got something that's working – don't be afraid to go back to it. Don't be afraid to ride the hot hand, and that's that's what you're saying here. Jay from Medill says, don't send the ref army after me, but the games at the Cotton Bowl are definitely numbered. It won't be long. The Jerry World money will take it. Hope Jay from Medill, we're sending the ref army after you. Yes. Everybody that's driving down right now, take the Medill exit and go find Jay. <laughs> Confident in the running backs. Little confidence in any position not running back. Uh, most confident in the offensive line. Least confident in our defensive line. The defensive backs would look better if we actually got a pass rush, which is accurate. Don't care 
who's playing quarterback. You got to take shots downfield to Marvin Mims. Yeah. Last year, he was huge in turning around that game. I expect him to show up big. It's a great point. He's the best player that you have on your team. He's going to have to be a factor in special teams. But, yeah, even though your game plan might be to run the ball and slow down the game, you still got to say, hey, 17, we're going to give you a couple yeah. chances here. Well, big-time players make big-time ga- plays in big-time games, right? Think about who made the plays for Oklahoma last year. Kayla Williams did. Marvin Mims did. Kennedy Brooks did. Those were your big-time players a year ago. Marvin Mims is going to have to have another big-time game Saturday if Oklahoma is going to come out victorious. Bellevue Sooner says – from an inside source. Uh-oh. B-Will gets the start at quarterback Woo! with Kanek at fullback. Perfect rated QB with fullback dive after fullback dive. Get Texas off balance and Mims and Farouk deliver the final nails. That would send everyone in the Cotton Bowl into a frenzy. Now, now wouldn't it? Uh, everyone's going to go crazy, though, if uh, even though Gabriel hasn't played all that well recently, I still think everyone has enough sense to know that your best chance to win this game is Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Uh, I, I think the fans are going to be pretty excited, and you're going to hear it on that opening series if Gabriel trots out on the field for that opening possession. Yeah, because I think everybody's going to collectively have the realization that, oh, we got a chance. We got a shot. We can win this thing. Because without Gabriel, I don't know if you have much of a shot. That would be a historic upset in the history of this series if Oklahoma were to win this football game without Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, as it sits right now, like by the point spreads, Parker, this would be the sixth largest upset in series history now that the spread has climbed all the way up to Texas minus 9.5. And And honestly, I wouldn't be all that shocked if we see Texas in, uh, you know, favored by double digits here pretty soon. OU wins the game if, asks one listener. Well, first thing that comes to mind for me, well, two things. One, you got to control the flow of the game. Have to. Have to be. That, in, I mean, have I, to be in control. Start as the much conversation there. Uh, secondly, though, you got to play opportunistic defense. And when I say that, what I mean is you can't have a play where Deshaun White jumps a route and has a clear lane to the end zone for a pick six and the ball goes straight through his hands to Quentin Johnston. That can't happen again this week. Yeah, that hurt. Thanks Nothing for like that, that can happen. Up. Yeah, you get two hands on the football. You get an opportunity to create a turnover. You get the opportunity to set your offense up with really good field position. You have got to capitalize Seems on like them. that's happened so many times this year where a linebacker especially gets his hands on the football and it's like, God, you got to make that play, man. But you're right, man. Th- those are the types of plays you have to make. Uh, non-defensive score for me is a must. Or, you know, a non-defensive – or, excuse me, non-offensive play yeah, yeah. where you get it down to, like, the two-yard line, one-yard line. It sets up your offense for a score if you don't get a score yourself. That's, uh, that's, that's what I that's say. That's been a common denominator in years past. You think back to David Aguebu's blocked punt in 2020. Obviously, last year you had Caleb Kelly stripping Xavier Worthy inside the red zone. Yeah, in a game like this, in an environment like this, especially as the underdog, you got to have a play of that ilk. OU wins if they put the pressure on Texas. I mean, you, you're the underdog in this game, Parker. Uh, I, and I'm not saying to go out there and have three onside kicks in this game and go for it every fourth down or fake punt or do crazy things like that. I don't think you have to go that overboard, but take some chances here. Put the pressure on Texas. I, I at least want to see the pressure applied to Texas in this game to see how they respond and to see if they crumble. OU wins if... Your defensive front four, figure it the hell out. Ah, yeah, there you go. Because there you go. As as we mentioned last segment, 
Texas's offensive line play, not superb. But you look at the last two weeks for Oklahoma, zero sacks and really zero semblance of a push up front by the defensive front four. So whether that means Ethan Downs pops off and has a big game, whether that means Reggie Grimes shows the same flashes that we saw from him in the first two games of the season, whether that means Jalen Redmond just takes over, somebody, if not everybody, has got to figure this thing out. Yeah, they do. Uh, OU wins of Canic play, says Brent from Jinx. I love that. Um, by the way, I don't know how much you've been monitoring uh, Twitter today, but there's a question out on our uh, Ref Twitter page that says, Sooner fans, who's your most hated Longhorn of all time? And there is a uh, collage of Chris Sims, Tom Herman, I put Peter Gardier on there, okay, and I yeah. put Breck and Hager. Jeremiah Hall quote tweeted it and said, the guy who we made take his social media down. <laughs> Just referencing <laughs> Breck and Hager. Hager. I was like, yes, Jeremiah Hall. He is legend. Legend. That is, is a great, forgotten. great response. Peyton says, living in Kansas, I'm going to wait until the last possible second tomorrow morning and hammer OU Moneyline and then crack a beer as a passenger and enjoy the weekend. I love that. Do it, man. Yeah, hammer the money line. There's going to be a really solid payout on that one. OU plus, uh, I, I could see it getting OU plus 10.5. Yeah, you could, you get, could get a nice digits. little return on that for sure. Now that uh, online sports gambling is legal in the state of Kansas, I think that was Peyton's way of rubbing that in a little bit there, but whatever. All right, final segment of Locked In's next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brian O'Haver Studios. And we'll be live tomorrow at the Omni in downtown Dallas. OU Texas coverage live from the Big D. This hour is brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems, where they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. EliteRoofOK.com, or you can call Elite Roofing Systems, 405-361-3094 in Oklahoma City. Kyle and Broken Bow says, I think Ralph Rucker gives us the best chance to win due to the fact that he was a Lincoln Riley pupil. Bowen should back him up because he was whispered by Riley as well. Sooners win and Riley gets the credit. Everybody leaves happy. <laughs> Isn't Ralph Rucker playing for a team in like Arkansas now? Is that is that where he's at? No, so you're thinking of Ben Harris. He's yeah, in North, North Alabama. Yes, yeah, Ralph Rucker it. is still at Oklahoma. And higher on the depth chart than Micah Bowens, I might add. Do you think the Twitter video last night was an accident or a ploy? Uh n- neither? Like, I don't th- here's the thing. I don't figure OU. I don't. I don't think OU's creative team was putting together that video. Like, oh boy, we got to sift through every second of this and make sure absolutely nobody sees Dylan Gabriel even in the background. But I also don't think it was the diametric opposite, which is, hmm, let's try. Uh, let's let's make sure we work Dylan Gabriel into this somehow. We have left an average of 14 points per game. And if we quit missing wide-open receivers, make the throws, and that will take the pressure off the defense, and they can play more free, everything goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Well, that, that was a long sentence right there. Uh, basically, they say OU's going to win 31-27. All that to say that. OU's going to win by four. Okay, sure. Peyton says, speaking of, Parker, is Woody healthy this week? I know he was battling injury last week and struggled. Yeah, he's going to play. Uh, 
I'll be honest, I, I, I don't feel great about that situation just because I, I know the injury that he's dealing with, and I'm not going to go into any detail on it, but it's the type of thing where, especially for a cornerback, it does leave you a little bit skeptical as to his ability to keep up with somebody like a Xavier Worthy, for instance. That said, Woody Washington is one tough character. And he's proven over the course of his career to be the most effective cover corner that Oklahoma has on the roster, especially right now. Uh, I, I do think Texas is going to challenge him, though. Well, they I definitely are. A point. Both down the field. And I, I think, you know, where the corners could have their biggest day, Parker, is tackling in the open field. Uh, we saw in the first play last year what happened when these DBs didn't come up and make a tackle. It was 75 yards to the house. And I'm not going to be surprised if Texas runs the exact same play this year on the very first play of the game, or at least their very first offensive play. Yeah, man, Caleb Williams saved Jaden Davis from being burned at the stake last year. Yeah, that was that was, <laughs> it was really There were bad. a lot of fans that were ready to uh, crucify him over that. Well, I, I tell you who's not going to be able to escape. The, I'm t- if Sark loses this game, man, with all the guys that OU might have out this game, uh, th- this is one that I don't think that you can survive. Well, I, I said it last hour. Sark's signature win is a moral victory. It really point. is. Like, so. what, what's the next thing that's even close? Kansas State at home last year with the backup quarterback, UTSA this year. I mean, there's nothing really to hang your hat on up no. to this point. You, you better win this one when you're probably going to be a double-digit favorite. Oh, I don't think he'll get fired at the end of the year, but he'll go into year three like, you You better make something happen here, Sark. Yeah, Arch Manning gives him a lot of job security it, right It now. does. That needs it to be does, acknowledged. It does, but, man, if you if he loses this game, woo-hoo, buddy, that fan base ter- starts to turn on him real quick. And the two flagship universities in the state of Texas might be having some hard conversations about their head coach going into next year. Are we gonna Are we gonna call Texas A&M a flagship? Well, I wanted to make the joke that actually it's Tech and Baylor that are the uh, flagship <laughs> universities over the past decade. At but, this you know. point, it's just Baylor and TCU. Yeah, no, it, I mean it. It really, it really is. So, yeah, man, live from uh, the Omni tomorrow. Um, it'll be fun. But OU Texas week, we're almost there. We're almost to the Friday of OU Texas. Are you going down tonight? And watching a high school game? Is that what you got going I on? I am headed down to Mesquite, Texas tonight to watch Melissa play. Uh, they're on the road. Nigel and Smith? I'll be checking out Nigel Smith. Hey. As well as another guy, that another name all you fans should know. Defensive back Jacob Fields committed to Louisiana Tech. We talked about the situation at defensive back early, earlier and how OU staying in contact with several guys, not just Peyton Bowen and Ryan Yates. Jacob Fields, another guy to keep in mind in that capacity. That'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.